What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Claire Odumodi. Today on our podcast, boosters, mandates and vaccination politics. Awaiting an FDA choice on the next possible booster shot. Now it's crazy. So give me one of those and I'll take one of those. Next week, I'm going to get one of those. How CEOs are getting their workers vaccinated. The former head of Best Buy. Mandates is a bit of a last resort. But I would not exclude it if it's uh, the necessary approach, but as a last resort. And former Commerce Secretary Carlos Gutierrez on the debate to mandate. I think the objective is keep your employees safe and keep your clients safe and do what you have to do. If you can do it through encouragement, through motivation, if you can't, then you have to go either all the way or as far as you can without mandate. Plus, what does the workplace even look like after a pandemic? Corporate Board Director Shelley Alshamba on what workers have lost and gained. I think what we're facing here, what we're seeing is not so much a back to normal. I don't think we're ever going back to, quote, normal, but we are going to go to a new normal. It's Thursday, October 14th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back, you by in three, two, one, cue, please. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Let's talk a little vaccine news, guys, this morning, because a study from the National Institute of Health finding the J&G vaccine recipients are getting off a getting a better booster off of the Pfizer or Moderna booster shot. So the study, which is a mixing and matching study, includes more than 450 adults who received one of the three regiments. They were divided into groups and they received either an extra shot of their original vaccine, so the J&J vaccine or the Moderna vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine, or a booster from one of the other companies. Now, all of the combinations boosted antibody levels, though Pfizer's and Moderna's appeared to work best. The study also showed recipients of Moderna or Pfizer's original vaccines could easily swap their third doses. The results were relatively similar, uh, but the study, we should mention, has not been peer-reviewed, but raises some questions on the J&J front, because those who've taken J&J, obviously J&J is putting out a, a, another vaccine or a booster booster shot, and it appears that you'll do better taking the Moderna or the Pfizer. And so um, in terms of to the extent that, that J&J has ambitions in this space, and again, they were doing this on a not-for-profit basis, so maybe they don't, um, I think there's real questions as to what's going to happen. You know, there were there were all of the issues with the J&J shot, that it's a one shot. It's easier to store, easier to get to places, uh, rural areas, maybe developing nations where they don't have the cold storage uh, that you need for the Pfizer vaccine and Moderna. Um, and remember, it's a one shot deal. So maybe there there is a place for it. But you can you can bet that probably people here at least or may may look a little askance right. at it. I, I think arguably in the in the A in the developed world and B, what you're seeing now with Pfizer and Moderna is that they have figured out a lot of the refrigeration the refrigeration issues. Um, it doesn't have to be as freezing as it used to be, and also I think that they've figured out the just the transport and logistics pieces. So, you know, a year from now, two years from now, whether we'll be talking about a J and J vaccine, 
if it on, a, on, a, yeah, on an ongoing basis, I think is going to be. There's only one shot to begin with, though. But we talk about with well, in terms we, of we talk about with no knowledge, of really, of anything. We don't. For example, you don't know what the T cell um, right. uh, looks like. I've had people tell me that because it's an adeno vector, yep. it's a full viral vector from adenovirus, that it, that actually gives a more lasting impression on T cells, which could also be involved in immunity. So just measuring antibody levels, you don't know if that correlates directly with immunity, with better immunity. The durability so, has been better with J&J. I mean, they've talked about that. Saying. The durability and, and, and has been better, and it was only after one shot. So if you had two so shots, you may have a much longer level. durability. Right. So just talking yeah. about antibody levels is, is sort of, you know, you may not be telling the whole story. Sam Waxel, that was his deal all along. He's, yep. oh, I like the J&J, I like the J&J. And it's like, why? And because it's a full viral vector that may, I don't know, make a bigger impression on the overall immune system, which includes B cells and T cells and, and everything else. So just measuring antibody levels and all this, you know, we have all this drivel that we, we have no idea about um, a, lot of, a lot of this stuff. Well, and that, that now study, it's crazy. That so study, give me one way, of those and I'll take one of those. Next week I'm going to get one of those. I'm pretty sure the study. And then finally study, give me that, uh, I'm going to do the AstraZeneca finally just to top I, it all off. I think the study also was based on fewer than 500 people when, when you were looking and at all those mix reviewed. and matches. Right? What about so, uh, side we're, we're making this up on the fly and I get it. That's right. what happens when you're in a pandemic. Right. What, and I, I just wonder about, oh, did they look at side effect profiles? I, I, would, I would hate to, to, you know, maybe mix and match and just be so sick for 24 hours or something, too. So did any, we don't know anything about that either. I don't, I don't think we do know about that yet, no. Right. But, um, and that's what I was saying the other day, that, that you know, I'm willing to do whatever is, is great for me. But if I'm okay as is, then I don't really feel like introducing more stuff in there and having a crappy 24 hours or something. If if I already have what would be if I were exposed to it, which I don't. Is it around everywhere here still a lot? Maybe today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean today. I, I don't know. I I haven't been masking up. You have. I haven't been. Uh, I do want to go into the supermarket, but and Look, I, and I still I have my vaccinated Wendy's, kids, but, so I'm, I'm in a yeah, different scenario. But you still do. Yeah. But uh, a lot of times, I mean, outside, I, I think. Look, I, I think no, the science suggests okay. that boosters. I'm just, there you're I'm, talking about science, yes, Andrew. All right, I, good. Well, I, I'll, I'll come to you for my science, Andrew. I, I've always, okay. I always have. Okay, I, go ahead. I, I think, I, I think trying to discourage the viewers I'm, from taking I'm, a I'm booster. Who's trying to discourage the viewers from taking a booster? Because, I'm not trying to discourage. There's a continual effort to raise more and more questions. No, which, no. Okay, by the way, some really are fair questions. There really isn't a, but, okay. a continuing effort. I got it on. The, I got it way before you did. God bless you. You're older. Yeah. Right. Uh, me time. And uh, why is it? The FDA. I will, Especially the about FDA, science. The FDA staff uh, struck a more favorable tone of giving the J&J booster shot, saying there may be a benefit to administering a second dose two months after the initial shot. Overall, the data showing J&J shot still affords protection against severe COVID and death, but suggesting that that second shot uh, would bring protection from symptomatic infection to 94%. That would try to offer some similar results to the mRNA vaccines. The FDA staff members acknowledging that the data was, as Becky was mentioning earlier, uh, limited, hasn't been verified, all of that information yet. Uh, meantime, the FDA advisory group is scheduled to discuss the Moderna booster shots today and then the J&J booster shots tomorrow. At, at risk of like jumping into this again, if, if you're in a particular position where you have vulnerable people around you, unvaccinated people around you, you might want to take a third booster shot in order to make sure that you are protecting them. I mean, if, if you're That's, not worried about yep. if you're not worried about getting it, I understand that. I'm not worried at this point about having to go to the hospital, but I am worried about people around me and, and That's not just my unvaccinated we had the other kids. day, though, if, a, if you're double vaxxed and you're still able to carry it. 
And yeah. that was the most surprising thing when we used to talk to Dr. Scott Gottlieb. I assume you get double vaxxed. Not only are you protected, but you're probably not shedding a lot of virus. Not, not that the was case. not the case. Not the case at all. Now, in fact, I have I people in my think, family who have been double vaccinated. And, and, and have gotten we don't it anyway. know at this point, and there's, there's no studies that have said, okay, one more will get you to the point where you're not shedding virus anymore with, with the booster. We but it don't gets, know it gets your maybe, antibody maybe levels do. back up to where they got to the point, to the point where the but chances right. that you actually get it become so much smaller. Go look at the, is, the data in Israel. Just, 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 you can go read if it. If I looked at the data in Israel, it would scare the hell out of me. Well, it shouldn't. So <laughs> it actually shouldn't scare me. Well, I've seen it bandied about by the anti-vaxxers. Right. Correct. But if you look at then what happened to the number of breakthroughs. There's still going to be breakthrough cases. There are always going to be breakthrough That's cases. That's because it's the immune system. It's not the vaccine. It's not a therapeutic. It's, it's your immune system has right. to react to the vaccine. Right. And, and by the way, the number of breakthrough cases increased dramatically when you have your entire population vaccinated for the most part, because the only place you're going to see it are the breakthrough cases. It, I mean, there's scary data that says that, that you're more susceptible to the Delta because of, of the vaccine. Did you see that horrible no. info that, that you're... Not that yeah. one I didn't see. Yeah, I, I mean, look, my, my I, I, I do feel like if you have people around you who, if, if they are immunocompromised, if, they, if you have cancer patients, if you have other people around you, it might be a good idea to get the third booster shot. I understand not being worried about it at this point. Like I said, I'm not worried about myself getting really sick at this point. It's just other people around me. Next up on Squawk Pod, two veteran CEOs weigh in on motivating workers to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Hubert Jolie ran Best Buy. I think at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, the goal remains. And so if it doesn't work, I think mandates are a real option. If you're at UPS, of course you mandate that your drivers have a driver's license. And former Commerce Secretary Carlos Gutierrez was the CEO of Kellogg. This has become a political, a religious issue. I don't hear anyone complaining about not being able to smoke in an elevator or in a meeting room. So I just think the protocols inside an office have to be the same as if you were outside. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Just over 76% of Americans 12 years and older have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. Many adults are facing requirements to do so by their employers. President Biden has issued a federal mandate for businesses with more than 100 employees to mandate worker vaccination. I'm calling on more employers to act. My message is require your employees to get vaccinated. With vaccinations, we're going to beat this pandemic finally. Without them, 
We face endless months of chaos in our hospitals, damage to our economy, and anxiety in our schools, and empty restaurants, and much less commerce. Big companies are on board. United Airlines required employees to get the shot or be out of a job. The company's CEO said this week that about 230 of the 67,000 United workers did not comply and will therefore have their employment terminated. Many conservative political leaders in the U.S. oppose COVID-related mandates. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has banned businesses in his state from mandating COVID vaccinations for workers or for customers. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki when asked about Governor Abbott's move. Governor Abbott knows that federal rules supersede state rules, so why do you think he did this? Politics. Earlier this week, the Labor Department submitted its initial text to the White House for how it intends to mandate the president's plan. But for leaders of America's employers, this public health question that's become a national debate drives decisions daily. Join us now to discuss the tricky path for CEOs is Carlos Gutierrez, empath, co-founder and executive chairman. He's the former Commerce Secretary, former uh, CEO of Kellogg, K-E-O-O, double good. Uh, and we also have Hubert Jolie. He is senior lecturer at Harvard Business School uh, and former Best Buy CEO. His new book, The Heart of Business, uh, was published earlier this year. Hubert also sits on the board of Johnson & Johnson. Do you remember that ad uh, campaign, Carlos? You probably did. That was a good one. I Katie. do. I well, it's before my time, but I remember it. <laughs> before your time, but not mine. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we all want to get to the same place, get as many people uh, vaccinated as possible. 99.9 sound, sounds good. But that's where we have to try to figure out how to do it with companies. And how not to, to do things that, I don't know, that, that actually push people to, to not want to do it just based on, on being mandated. It's like a carrot or stick approach. Some people don't like the stick. They'd rather do the carrot. And we'll, we'll talk specifics uh, that we saw in the airline industry in a second. But, Carlos, do you understand what I'm saying by that? It, we, we want it done, but, but it, it's a fine line. You know, I think there's a sense, and, and you can see this in, uh, when President Biden speaks, that the carrot hasn't really been that effective and that we have to do more. Um, You know, it all depends on the business you're in. If you're serving clients in a restaurant or in an airlines, uh, I I just don't think you can get away with that. You don't have a vaccine uh, mandate. If you're working in an office, you can do things like, look, if you don't want to get vaccinated, then you can't come into the office. If you want to come in, you have to take a test. Uh, I think you can find a, uh, some kind of a balance. But, you know, it's odd. This has become a political, a religious issue. I don't hear anyone complaining about not being able to smoke in an elevator or in a meeting room. Right. So I just think the protocols inside an office have to be the same as if you were outside. If you're not, you're not vaccinated, get a test, wear a mask, stay six feet away, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Hey, so Hubert, do you agree? Yeah, and I think that's obviously strongly in favor of uh, strongly encouraging vaccination and mask right, for three reasons. Why, you know, we need to take care of our employees, right? Their safety, including the safety of our weakest employees, the most vulnerable, including maybe aging parents or unvaccinated kids. And then, as Carlos said, customers, you know, I fly regularly on Delta Airlines. I am pleased that their vaccination rate is in the, well into the the 90s. And then as businesses, I think we need to uh, put our contribution to and in this pandemic. Now, you know, uh, strongly encouraging is preferred and companies have deployed a wide range of approaches 
making it easy, providing PTOs, incentives. Delta has increased uh, the health insurance premium, uh, mandating uh, daily tests. I think at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, the goal remains. And so if it doesn't work, I think mandates are a real option. And as Carlos said, there's many things that as businesses, we already mandate, right? If you're at UPS, of course, you mandate that your drivers have a driver's license. We all mandate that uh, people take a drug test, drug test and, and pass it uh, and so forth. And, and by the way, you know, uh, companies and hospital systems in particular have been mandating vaccines for a long time. So the one thing I don't understand is why there's this fixation on this particular vaccine, because I think the, in, in Texas, the governor's executive order only pertains to this vaccine, which is really Pretty odd. So yes, encourage and if necessary, mandate. Okay, that, but but you heard that, uh, Carlos. He said uh, strongly encourage, and then kind of if if that doesn't work, then you get to to the mandate. Here's what I was uh, alluding to earlier. So um, United, it worked pretty uh, worked pretty well. Everybody's vaccinated. They did lose a couple of employees, uh, but then you had Southwest, uh, and Gary Kelly was on our air, who said he never wanted to mandate it. But um, the Biden administration did force his hand, and he, he just ad- admitted that. I've never been uh, in favor of corporations imposing that kind of a mandate. I'm not in favor of that, never have been. But the executive order from President Biden mandates that all federal employees and then all federal contractors, which covers uh, all the major airlines, have to have a vaccine in place by December the 8th. So we're working through that. I don't know whether that had anything to do with all the turbulence, <laughs> turbulence in, at, uh, at Southwest last week. But uh, and then you had Delta and you mentioned Delta, Hubert. Ed Bastian was on saying he got the 98 percent just by uh, more more the carrot approach. We're at 90 percent vaccinated, fully vaccinated across our entire company. And those numbers continue to improve day by day. And by the time we get into November, I'm confident that number is going to be in the 95% range. So when you think about what we've done, you know, we haven't done it with a mandate. We've done it working collaboratively with our people, trusting our people to make the right decisions for themselves, respecting their decisions, but at the same time, avoiding the divisiveness of what the mandate's, you know, posing to society. So that's what I was saying, whether, whether it can be uh, counterproductive uh, or not. It, 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 you know, if you, if, if you, do have certain people that are going to just chafe at, at a mandate. Yeah, in, in business, we're, we're used to being focused on goals, right? So if the goal is 98%, you know, let's figure out the way to do it. I agree with you. You know, mandate is a bit of a last resort, um, but I, I would not exclude it if it's uh, the necessary approach, but as a last resort. Carlos? Joe, I don't think that uh, the Biden administration um, – force people's hands. I think they gave companies cover. And companies like the airlines, companies like restaurants, I don't think they have a choice. I think they have to tell their customers that all of their personnel are mandated, are, are vaccinated. And if not, they have a big problem. Right. Okay. Here, here's a, a, a little wrinkle in all this. So there's a group of U.S. pastors, uh, and they have hired advocacy uh, groups such as Liberty Council. Uh, to make the case that religious exemptions need to be uh, adhered to. And, and there is there's a law that uh, U.S. employees or uh, employers are required to make reasonable job changes to accommodate a person's religious beliefs. Although uh, there's an out, they can seek 
uh, information to determine if the beliefs are actually religious in nature and sincerely held. So how, how would you approach that, uh, Hubert, if, if you were, is it, is that just sort of a red herring that, that, uh, that people are using to not get it? Would you, would you change something about the way religious exemptions are handled? No, I think you described it well, Joe. The, the, um, you know, in business, we're used to accommodations when it makes sense. I think the caveats you provided about, because I don't know what religion actually prohibits uh, vaccines, so you would need to uh, get into this. But more broadly, you know, in the last 12, 24 months, five years, increasingly business has had to deal with issues uh, that are increasingly of a political nature. And so you're going to make decisions that are going to not be supported by everyone. But I think if you're guided by basic business principles, what, what are you in business for, right? Like Carlos is saying, if you're interacting with customers, you know, you have to take care of that. Your values, your employees, taking care of your employees. If you're guided by this, then you're trying to do the right thing. And then other people are going to decide. And by the way, when we talk about mandates, you know, we're actually not mandating that people get vaccinated. We're saying, no, uh, our employees need to get vaccinated. And then if you don't want to get vaccinated, you know, you really don't need to work at this particular company. You know, it's your choice. But my choice as a CEO is to say, this is going to be, we're going to be vaccinated because it makes sense for business and people and values uh, standpoint. So Carlos, is there a difference between a federal mandate to get vaccinated and a federal uh, order to have any company with more than 100 employees get vaccinated. That, that almost, there's a little six degrees of separation there, but it's basically, it's, it's basically a federal mandate. You're just, you know, Distinction you're just passing. without a difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I think also, you know, the, the, the objective of a company also is to protect its employees. And I think if you ask employees, would you like everyone to be mandated? I think the majority would say, yes. You know, if I'm coming to work, I want to know that I'm coming to a safe environment. On the religious aspect, you know, what I would do is, okay, well, let's ask them, what is your religion? Uh, please prove it. Uh, I think you have all the right in the world to ask why they have a religious exception. Um, and if they don't, and if they're, you know, caught making something up, then I think they're in trouble. But um, I think the, the objective is keep your employees safe and keep your clients safe and do what you have to do. If you can do it through encouragement, through motivation, good for you. If you can't, then you have to go either all the way or as far as you can without mandating. All right, gentlemen, that, uh, that this is highlights exactly what corporate America is uh, is dealing with. God bless Merck. Let's go. Let's go with the pill. Let's go with the pill that can cut it, uh, you know, cut the symptoms in half. And it, it makes a lot of these uh, these very difficult uh, decisions a lot easier uh, to do. Carlos Gutierrez. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. The debate and politics about vaccine mandates is likely to continue. We'll look at another angle next on SquawkPod. How will workers get back to the office? Shirley Arshambo is on the board of a number of Fortune 500 companies on the disruption. Everything is being disrupted from how companies have to operate and execute, our ability to hire, as well as how people work and where they work. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. CBC series on the lost workers uh, continues now with a closer look uh, at the mass exit of women from the workforce during the pandemic. Ilan Mui joins us now with more. Ilan, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Well, millions of women are still missing from the workplace, and the situation actually got worse when schools reopened in September. The number of women with the job dropped last month by 26,000, the first decline this year. Now compare that to men who gained 220,000 jobs. The same dynamic played out in overall labor force participation. More than 300,000 women left the workforce, while 182,000 men came back. And Kelly Bhattacharya is a mom in California with two little kids, ages three and six. She thought she'd be back in the job market by now once her youngest was old enough for preschool. But that was before COVID, and now her plans are delayed indefinitely. I think it takes a lot of patience. You've got to be, be forgiving of yourself as well. It's, it really is kind of a, a unique time, and you just kind of have to say... Okay, that hopefully we won't be going through this again, and let's make the most of it for now. Now, what would it take to get Kelly Bhattacharya back into the workforce? A vaccine for her kids, getting off the wait list for preschool, confidence that she could make enough to pay for childcare. So her story illustrates the longstanding problems that have been exacerbated by the pandemic, and how to fix it all is what the debate in Washington over Democrats' social spending package is all about. Guys. Sounds like schools uh, obviously aren't the only issue uh, here. What other factors, Ilan, are in play? Yeah, so I think it's important to point out that many women either went back to the workforce or stayed in the workforce because they had no choice. They needed that money in order to support their families. But it's also important to realize that many of the sectors that were hardest hit were sectors where women were disproportionately represented. So just in the month of September, you saw uh, the government sector, women losing jobs in large numbers there. They make up more than half of the workers in the government sector. Education and health services also saw thousands of women leaving that sector. Again, another place where women dramatically overrepresented. So part of this is the, the sort of social services, that face-to-face interaction. Women tend to be employed in those industries, and those industries have been harder hit because, you know, people want to stay home during COVID. Thanks, Alon. Let's talk more about uh, the pandemic's impact on labor. Uh, here's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink yesterday. We underestimate the power of the gig economy. I think we underestimate what COVID has done to so many uh, people around the world in terms of trying to navigate the work-family balance. And the gig economy, in many cases, is a lot more accommodative. And joining us now, Shelley Archambeau, uh, former Metric Stream CEO and board member of Verizon, Okta, and Nordstrom. Uh, it's good to see you again, uh, Shelley, the, the, the numbers we saw on Friday and the report we just had from, from Elon, what, what do you think is really happening uh, in the labor force right now? And we've got, obviously, supply chain issues, so many different, uh, I don't know, headwinds, tailwinds, all kinds of things. What, how, how would you sum it up? I think the way that I would sum up what's going on is just disruption. Everything is being disrupted. 
from how companies have to operate and execute, hence the supply chain things you talked about, how we hire people, our ability to hire, uh, as well as how people work and where they work and how work actually gets done. We're seeing more transformation from a technology standpoint than ever as companies move to the cloud, try to figure out how to get digital faster, how to provide more services in a safe way. Everything is being disrupted right now. And things that we learned in the pandemic, some of it is, is useful for just recently I was I was asked, we were at home, should we do this from Zoom call or should we go in person? And like all of us said, let's do Zoom. It, it, it really that's not going to go back to, to normal, I don't think. But I, I, I think a lot of people are going to come back to offices that haven't yet. There's still a, quite a few of that that's going to happen. It's not going to stay permanently Zoom forever. Oh, I agree, Joe. I think what we're what we're facing here, what we're seeing is not so much a back to normal. I don't think we're ever going back to, quote, normal, but we are going to go to a new normal. And that new normal is going to incorporate a number of different policies and practices that, frankly, we've learned during this pandemic that we can actually live with. And that in many respects can help improve productivity for employees as well as for employers. Do you think, Shelley, that a a Merck pill that that takes the worst case um, scenario off the table for contracting the disease. Do you think that that will be a game changer? Would, would we see a a qualitative difference in, in how many people are ready to come back? I think that as the Merck pill rolls out and is proved effective, which it is showing, that yes, it will actually be a game changer because it now gives uh, another option in which people can be safe and can feel comfort that if they are exposed, they can take a pill, which will then reduce their, their ability to, or a problem, I should say, that might occur from actually getting COVID, from getting hospitalized, et cetera. So I think everything, vaccines, the Merck pill, I think policies and practices, all of these will help to create an environment in which employees feel safer. Hey, Shelley, I think a big part of the reason that a lot of moms haven't gone back is not only their kids haven't been vaccinated, but they don't have a, a, a place to put their kids. Daycare centers are really tough to get into right now, I, and they're expensive. And I know that the administration is working on this plan to try and make sure that there's more money that goes to child care for people. But I've also heard some concerns about the unintended consequences of that. Um, not that they don't want money going to, to that, but that the way it's being set up in order to get those funds you will have to go through a lot of hoops and hurdles. There will be a lot of paperwork. You have to be able to qualify as a daycare institution for doing that. And I don't know if that would an unintended consequence of that would be to put some of these smaller daycare centers out of business. Mm. Yes, I, I can't talk to all the specifics around what the rules and regulations here will be. But what I can tell you is, as a country, we are woefully behind other countries yeah. that are in a similar you know, economic situation as we are in terms of childcare and providing access to affordable and safe and effective childcare. So we have to figure this out. And what the pandemic has done, which many times, whenever you're in a situation where you are facing something that is as um, impactful as a pandemic, what it does is it exposes other weaknesses. And what we've seen is, you know what? Our society not structured up to create a supportive and helpful environment with regards to childcare. And that's everybody's problem, but it's really affecting women. And we're seeing it in the pandemic with the number of women that have had to drop out of the workforce. All right, Shelly, uh, thank you, Shelly Archambeau. Um, 
surprised you have time to talk to us here on all these different boards all the time. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Shelley. That's all for our show today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. Listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Clara Demodi, and we'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 